classic comedy on BBC Seven. I'm sorry I haven't a clue. The antidote to panel games. At the piano is Colin Sell, and your chairman is Humphrey Littleton. Hello and welcome to I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue. You join us this week in the south coast resort of Hastings, an historic town with much to be commended. The story of Hastings only really begins with the famous battle, which was fought at a nearby town called Battle. Now, what are the chances of that happening? In September 1066, William the Conqueror assembled his forces across the Channel and set sail with his army of 9,000 Normans after one of the most confusing roll calls ever taken. <laughs> the battle took place around Senlac Hill and after a full day's fighting, the English were defeated and King Harold was struck in the eye by an arrow. He was carried to the Hastings Free Hospital, where he was pronounced dead, and from there to a fee-paying one, where his condition was upgraded to alive. <laughs> In the years following the invasion, Sussex was split into fiefdoms, or sees, as they were known, and the see of Hastings passed into the control of Bishop Ralph Le Bon. Sadly, the town serfs refused to take his rule seriously after he renamed the keep Le Bon Sea Castle. <laughs> For over a thousand years now, that fine Mott and Bailey Castle has stood to defend the town and repel unwelcome visitors. Not always successfully. <laughs> Let's meet the teams. <laughs> they, are, they are on my left, Barry Cryer and Graham Garden. And on my right, Tim Brooke-Taylor and Bill Bailey. And settling down to enjoy another good session on the desk next to me, please welcome our lovely scorer, the ever-delightful Samantha. Okay, let's kick off with a round in which the teams supply various pieces of misleading advice. And I can tell you, there's no better way to start a fun-packed show such as this. <laughs> so, so there are two to be going along with. And today I'll invite the teams to provide advice designed to totally mislead the first-time visitor to our shores. Barry, will you start, please? Do not urinate in swimming pools. Use the top board. <laughs> Bill. Oh, actually, yes. Uh, <clears throat> beggars can be paid by direct debit. <laughs> Graham. Always park with your nearside tyres neatly between the yellow lines. 
Jim. Tickets for the next pop concert at the Palace are available from booths outside the Palace manned by men in baskets. <laughs> Hotel chambermaids will replace your towels if you throw them in the bath. <laughs> Do not be put off by their screams. <laughs> <laughs> Male brothels are indicated with a blue lamp outside. <laughs> when attending opera at Covent Garden, join in the arias. <laughs> the hedgehog is sacred. <laughs> Remember the country code. Gates are sometimes blown shut by the wind. <laughs> the farmers and prop them open. <laughs> when using a mobile phone while driving, keep the other hand free for signals. <laughs> On public transport, don't be fooled by the uniformed beggars who go around asking for tickets. <laughs> <laughs> the traditional greeting for Welsh rugby supporters is bah! <laughs> When travelling in Scotland, make Hastings your base. <laughs> OK, let's move on to a musical round now called One Song to the Tune of Another. <laughs> this is where the teams take a selection of songs and swap the tunes around. So I suppose it's a bit like swapping the price labels on items found in shops before taking them to the checkout with the intention of paying a lower price. This isn't the practice I'm recommending, of course. I suppose that technically it might be construed as illegal, although if by some chance a cheaper price label did become detached for some reason, and you were innocently to put it back on a more expensive item <laughs> without realising that the latest state-of-the-art DVD player cost rather more than £2.99, <laughs> then that would be an easy mistake to make. Besides, how would anyone... How would anyone know that the in-store closed-circuit TV camera was trained on them? If fingers are going to be pointed and accusations of attempted fraud bandied about, what about those sneaks who secretly film you in the first place? <laughs> How do they sleep at night knowing that they've spent their so-called working day like some professional peeping Tom? And what kind of job is that anyway? <laughs> some brain-dead time server sitting all day staring... <laughs> staring blankly at a piece of equipment, the workings of which he can barely understand. Perhaps we'll get some insight when we hear Colin Sell at the piano. OK, Barry, we'll start with you. Would you please sing the words of the Marrow song to the tune of There'll Always Be an England? to know he grew a great big marrow for the local flower show when the story got around they came from far and wide and when the people saw the A beauty, 
I've never seen one as big as that before. Oh, what a beauty. It must be two feet long or even more. It's such a lovely color. Nice and round and fat I never thought a marrow Could grow as big as that I'm choked Tim, now, would you please sing the words of the Spider-Man theme to the tune of Brown's Lullaby? <laughs> Spider-Man, Spider-Man Does whatever a spider can Spins a web any size Catches thieves just like flies Look out, there comes the Spider-Man Is he strong? Listen, but he's got radioactive blood. Can he swing from a, a thread? Graham, would you please sing the words of YMCA to the tune of We'll Gather Lilacs? <laughs> It's fun to stay at the YMCA. It's fun to stay at the YMCA. They have everything for young men to enjoy. You can hang out with all the boys. It's fun to stay at the YMCA. It's fun to stay at the YMCA You can get yourself clean You can have a good meal You can do whatever you feel And finally, Bill, will you please sing the words of Run, Rabbit, Run to the tune of Stormy Weather? <laughs> on the farm, every Friday on the farm, it's Rabbit Pie Day. So every Friday that ever comes along, I get up early and sing this little song. <laughs> run, rabbit, run, rabbit, run, 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 rabbit. Run, rabbit, run, run, run. Bang, 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 bang goes the farmer's gun. the farm, no poor rabbit comes to harm 
Because I grab it They jump and frolic Whenever I go by They know I help them Dodge the rabbit pie Run, rabbit Run, rabbit Run, run, run Don't give the farmer his fur Run, rabbit, run, run, run! Right, we have a brand new run. He's no Jeremy Hardy, is he? <laughs> The round is called DIY Soap, and in it the teams will construct their own soap opera. There's an interesting trend with the soaps these days in that they seem to have become a rest home for ageing, faded performers to make the occasional stumbling cameo appearance. And that's not the only thing that makes the teams ideal for this round. In fact, our own Barry Cryer recently auditioned for a part in EastEnders. Sadly, he was unable to take the job due to an injury. The very night before his first shoot, just as he was leaving the bar, some clumsy fool trod on his hand. <laughs> In this round, teams, I'd like you to create a brand new soap opera for us. I'll give you only your characters. Tim, you can be Dr. Toff, the local doctor and village squire. Barry, you can be Farmer Chalfont, a smallholder. <laughs> Graham, you can be PC World, a local constable. <laughs> and Bill, you can be Blind Lemon Watkins, the church organist. <laughs> In this episode, the village of Umbridge is rocked by a series of poison pen letters. Samantha will indicate each change of scene by lightly addressing my horn, thus. <laughs> The round ends when you've reached a sufficiently cliff-hanging ending, at which point you'll hear this. <laughs> okay, are you ready, teams? Here's scene one. Off you go. Alone at last. <laughs> what do you say, Blind Lemon? <laughs> Who's there? Uh, <laughs> it's me. It's me, Dr. Toff. I've just crept in through the crypt. Oh. <laughs> Hello, Doctor. I, I didn't hear you there. Oh, I've, uh, I've got this letter. This um, It's a poison pen letter. Have a look at it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I got one of them as well. Well, have a, have a feel of it, anyway. <laughs> oh, that's, that's evil. That's very poisonous. I can feel the poison coming through the paper. <laughs> oh, look, here comes PC World. <laughs> <laughs> I love that one. Uh, that was my cue to come in, was it? <laughs> well, you were taking an awful long time. <laughs> Never one there when you need one, is there? 
<laughs> Is that you, Farmer Chalfonte? <laughs> I see. Anyone received one of those poison pen letters? Yes, I have. And well, me? I was out the back forking the silage. <laughs> This is a case for PC World, but he seems to have gone missing again. <laughs> Where in the world is PC World? <laughs> Here he is now. Hello, hello, hello. Oh. And if I crack this case, I'll be promoted to Super Nintendo. <laughs> I think so. Why am I talking with your voice then? <laughs> I got to talk. You're... I'm just practicing for the village concert. I can do all sorts of voices. <laughs> oh. Oh, here I am back on the farm. <laughs> Hello, Daisy. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> This is me, Dr. Toff, doing another of my voices. <laughs> Careful with that. That's my guide chicken. <laughs> I couldn't afford a dog. <laughs> if we're not careful, PC World will come along in a minute. Hello, hello, hello. Oh! <laughs> my God, there's three of them. Careful of that tractor, PC World. What tractor? Oh, no! Look out! Oh! Missed me. <laughs> yes, me, Dr. Toff. It didn't miss him. <laughs> but I think he's going to pull through. What do you think, Blind Lemon? Yeah, hang on. I'll just have a feel of his helmet. Oh. <laughs> the organ in here, Doctor. <laughs> Let me have a look at it. Oh, an organ oh, transplant. You... <laughs> well, what have you been doing with that, then? <clears throat> I need it to have it removed. <laughs> well, Listen, the final I piece felt... has fallen into the jigsaw. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it all along. The poison pen letter writer with my last dying breath was... You! We come to an entertaining round now. <laughs> I'll read that again. We come to an entertaining round now called Historical Postcards. Sending a postcard home from a distant location is a fine way to keep in touch with friends and family. And I treasure one received from my grandfather at the Siege of Ladysmith. I didn't think it possible that a card could ever be delivered from such a place, but thanks to Consignia last week, it finally was. <laughs> So, teams, I'd like you please to suggest postcard messages that might have been sent by historical characters from certain destinations. Graham, will you start, please? Um, right. Uh, Lot from Sodom and Gomorrah. <laughs> the people here are very free and easy. We've been enjoying the nightlife, and no mistake. 
sadly, they start demolition tomorrow, so we'll have to leave. Still, as the wife says, it'll be something to look back on. <laughs> William Wordsworth, Holiday Inn, Windermere. Still can't crack the poem about the host of mouldy espadrilles. <laughs> got a writer's block, tried to think of the right word for two weeks. And then I thought, fortnight, that's it. <laughs> René Descartes from Antwerp. <laughs> Having a wonderful time, I think. Therefore I am. Uh, yeah, Sherpa Tenzing. Reached top safely. Hillary says, I'm to be given the greatest honour. They're going to name a van after me. <laughs> Dr. Livingston in Africa to his wife. Stanley arrived yesterday. Seemed a bit presumptuous. <laughs> One from uh, young David from the Holy Land. Big fight with Goliath scheduled for tomorrow. You probably heard about the ruckus at the weigh-in. I've pretty well mastered this stone-slinging business, but just in case, I've positioned Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego on the grassy knoll. <laughs> Isaac Newton, the gazebo, Friday. Disregard story and tabloids. It was Granny Smith who hit me on the head. <laughs> Nevertheless, you'll appreciate the gravity of the situation. There's one here from Samuel Morse. Yep. Dear Dot. <laughs> Mustache. <laughs> Keith Richards. Uh, writing to Mick. Hello, Mick. Hello. Hello, Mick. Hello. <laughs> what? <laughs> Hello? I don't think I've got the hang of this. <laughs> Mrs. Beethoven from Baden Baden to Mr. Beethoven. Having a lovely time. Wish you could hear. <laughs> Okay, it's time to play the game called Cheddar Gorge. This is but one of many hundreds of pastimes taking their names from world-famous landmarks. There's also Alaska Highway, which is a bit like Songs of Praise, but with more Eskimos. <laughs> and we can never discount Amazon Basin, where players have their hair cut like Henry V by tall, muscular women. <laughs> The object in Cheddar Gorge is not to complete the sentence. The game ends either when I judge that a full stop has been reached or when I wander out to fake my own death. Whichever, <laughs> whichever comes sooner. And you'll hear this. Tim, I'd like you to start, please. This week's subject is an explanation of the offside rule. Basically, it uh, consists of a simple set of rules that are summed up in four different <laughs> different women <laughs> who regularly play football at the easiest place they can find on the top of the nearest 
Tesco's. <laughs> Which is just about three yards from the offside <laughs> trap. Which, if employed by the other goalkeeper, <laughs> is easily understood by a small uh, person standing next to the goalkeeper who has a ball in his hand and a enormous open brackets yet strangely and rigidly curious way of explaining the rule in Swedish to an also it is a simple and easily understood subsection of the rules that are governing the easily <laughs> Digested <laughs> game close brackets. <laughs> well, I notice it's very nearly the end of the show, but there's just time to squeeze in a round of estate agent's songbook. Samantha has to nip off now as she's selling her seaside apartment. She tells me she's got a man coming round who's keen to inspect her flat out on the beach. So while she's away doing that, I'd like the teams to suggest song titles likely to appeal to an audience of estate agents. House of the Rising Damp. <laughs> Detached, flooded and bemildewed. <laughs> Gazumping Jack Flash. <laughs> Maisonettes and dozydettes and little lambsy <laughs> No woman, no pets. <laughs> How could you believe me when I told you it was lovely when you know I've been a liar all my life? <laughs> On a clear day, you can see St. Leonard's. <laughs> I saw a mouse. No, you didn't. You can see clearly now Lelande eyes gone. <laughs> Conveyance away the heartache. <laughs> I, 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 I charge you very much. <laughs> Carmen Veranda. <laughs> Pretty silly house and heifer cats in cellar bogan pubsy. <laughs> And so, ladies and gentlemen, as the Greg Dyke of time cuts the crap of destiny, <laughs> I notice it's the end of the show. So from the team, Samantha, myself, and the good folk of Hastings, it's goodbye. Barry Cryer, Graham Garden, Timbrook Taylor and Bill Bailey were being given silly things to do by Humphrey Littleton, with Colin Sell setting some of them to music. The programme consultant was Ian Pattinson, and the producer was John Naismith.
The Humpmeister will return next Monday.